Chapter 1. Family. It was warm under the feather blanket. Only Sybil's leg hung out in the cold air. As her senses came to her, she made out the faint clack of hooves that meant the milkman was making his early rounds. She heard the familiar clink of the bottles as he delivered them to several homes before moving on. The street lamp outside her window went out, and moments later she heard a small knock on her bedroom door. Everything together finally brought her to her full awareness. Miss, it's half past six. It was her aunt's butler, Mr. Clark, speaking softly through the door. Half past six floated across her mind. Why did it strike her as important? Then it came to her. She jumped up in a panic. She had to get ready. Today was the day she would board the boat to America. Sybil dashed frantically to the dresser where she had laid out her clothes. Stopping halfway to the dresser, she dashed back to the nightstand where a book lay. Sybil picked up the book. It was a copy of Frankenstein and opened it to the paper that marked her place. The paper was her ticket. She had not left it out of her sight since she had brought it two weeks ago. Seeing it was a relief, a comfort that it was still true. RMS Carpathia, New York, USA, 10 a.m. boarding, third class. She read the words convincing herself that they had not changed. It would be the ship's maiden voyage, just as it would be her first voyage as well. Satisfied that the ticket was still real, Sybil ran to the dresser and quickly put on her clothes. There was no time to do her hair. It would have to be put up with a generous number of pins to hold it. Besides, she would have on a hat. She admired herself in the mirror a moment, searching for anything out of place. Her red hair neatly tucked, her dress showed off the curves of a young woman's figure as she ran her hands down her sides. Her dress was plain, suitable for travel, and she filled it well. Making for the door, she turned to the room one last time its walls now bare, nothing in it except the nightstand, bed and dresser to suggest anyone had lived there at all. She had spent the last nine years in the confines of these walls, wishing for this day, or at least one like it. It was the chrysalis from which she was emerging. Good morning, miss. Will you be having coffee this morning? asked Mr. Clark. As she bounced into the room, she looked around for the usual plate of buttered bread and jam, but could not find it. Have we no bread and jam today? she asked. She normally took breakfast with Mr. Clark. Indeed we do, miss. It will be in the parlour today, along with boiled eggs and juice, he said. I'm sure I don't understand, she said, confused. Your aunt wishes to breakfast with you this morning, miss, said Mr. Clark, watching Sybil roll her eyes. It is your last day on English soil. Aunt Helen was never up this early. After her many arguments against the trip, Sybil thought Aunt Helen would have stayed in bed until everyone had gone. As Sybil was having the thought, Aunt Helen made her entrance, fully dressed and bright-eyed. Her aunt was her mother's sister, a spinster. She had been waiting for a rich suitor who never came. Sybil had come to live with her when she was eleven, after her parents died in the influenza epidemic. We are ready for breakfast, Mr. Clark, 
Aunt Helen announced, eyeing Sybil with a critical eye. Very good, ma'am. The eggs are nearly done, he said. Do be sure to make them over easy. I do so hate hard-boiled, she said, with a sharp tone. Very good, ma'am, he said in his calm, deep voice, as she turned and departed the room with her usual grace. How do you remain so terribly calm, Mr. Clark? Sybil asked in a lowered voice, after making sure her aunt was gone. It's not hard, he replied. I know she drives you mad, but she means well. This trip will be hard on her. You must understand that. I would think she should be glad to see me go, remarked Sybil. Mr. Clark smiled as he placed the eggs in their holders and arranged the tray just so.